Good morning, I'm Courtney Starr, and today we're going to be diving into the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. So kind of what started um, my interest in this, I found a newspaper article from the New York Times published on March 26th of 1911, which is a day after the fire. And the title reads, 141 men and girls die in waste factory fire, trapped high up in Washington Place building, street strewn with bodies, piles of dead inside. Now, that's a lot to unpack, but we're going to unpack it. So to set the stage, the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory was a textile factory in New York City in the top three floors of the Ash Building. Um, mainly, They mainly employed young immigrant women who worked for cheap and they had small hands, which was pretty common, um, it was a pretty common thing to do when it came to textile factories. Um, there were few to no safety regu regulations or labor laws in the early 1900s. That's just kind of how it was. They employed children and young immigrant women and they didn't make sure they were safe. That's just how it was in the 1900s. So there was a fire in the Ash Building, March 25th of 1911, and that broke out in the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. It was discovered after that the fire started after a cigarette butt was thrown into the trash can filled with fabric scraps and sewing machine oil. So that's obviously gonna catch on fire and catch really fast. Um, smoking, as far as the cigarette butt goes, smoking wasn't technically allowed in the building, but everyone did it and it was widely known that that happened. Um, that that was pretty common too. Uh, the fire spread quickly, 18 minutes in total. There was a push to escape, but a lot of people couldn't. Um, they tried to escape through the elevator that only held a dozen people. And so that elevator only made four trips full of a dozen people. So that's 48 people. And then it broke down because of the fire. Um, fire escapes were locked. So they couldn't open from the inside. Um, so they couldn't get out to the fire escape stairs. Uh, some people were able to get out from the roof and jumping to other buildings. But after that, it was pretty much, they pretty much had two choices after the upper floors caught fire. It was either jump from the building to the sidewalk and jump to your death or be burned alive. And that was it. Some people um, jumped down the elevator shaft, which, the elevator was at the bottom, so they just died there, too. Um, History.com says within 18 minutes, it was all over. 49 workers had been burned to death or been suffocated by smoke. 36 were dead in the elevator shaft, and 58 died from jumping to the sidewalks. With two more dying later from their injuries, a total of 145 people were killed by the fire. So obviously there was a trial for this because the owners had to be held responsible, right? Uh, so the owners were Max Blank and Isaac Harris, and they were tried for manslaughter. The judge was Thomas Crane. There's a defense lawyer, Max D. Stewart, and prosecutor Charles S. Bostwick, who was the assistant district attorney at the time. Now, Blank and Harris had a history of burning their factories for insurance money. Um, that's still a thing now, you know, insurance fraud. You burn your factory, you get insurance money. Um, 
I believe that they had actually burned the triangle factory before too. Now that was said not to be the case for this triangle shirtwaist fire, but it on purpose didn't have sprinkler systems in that building so they could just torch it whenever. Like it was really convenient to do that. And the sprinkler systems would just put the fire out and so then they wouldn't get as much insurance money. Like they wanted it burned to the ground. So again, that wasn't found to be the case in this fire, but they did have a history of it. So, you know, karma. Uh, the prosecutor called to witness 103 people, including Kate Alterman, Kate Gartman, and Katie Weiner. Don't ask me why they're all named Kate. I don't know. I guess that was a thing for hiring. I don't, I don't know. Uh, those three were all working at Shirtwaist when the fire broke out. <clears throat> Upon a cross-examination of Kate Alterman, um, the prosecutor asked her to repeat her testimony multiple times because he wanted to prove um, that she had been told what to say. And he kind of did prove that because she used the same words and phrases every single time. Curtain of fire, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so while they couldn't really prove this person told her what to say, the jury basically... It, it pretty much um, invalidated everything that she said because they thought, yeah, you were probably told what to say. So, um, yeah, again, that invalidated her testimony, which was a huge one. So one thing Prosecutor Bostwick focused on was the escape doors being locked. Obviously, that's a break-in code. So the International Ladies Garment Workers Union blog, try saying that 10 times fast, quotes the New York State Labor Law, Article 6, Section 80, all doors leading in or to any such factory shall be constructed as to open outwardly where practicable and shall not be locked, bolted, or fastened during working hours. So he set out to prove that they were locked knowingly and a lot of people testified saying, yes, they do lock it knowingly because they don't want their workers walking out, taking clothing and garments. So it was done as like a, you can't steal from us. Even though uh, there was a, they did a cost analysis of how, how much they actually lose due to stealing. And it was little to nothing. So they were just being paranoid and locking doors because they could. So the defense, um, there were 52 defense witnesses. And a lot of them said that the doors were unlocked or they had a key in or near every door, which just wasn't the case or else they would have been able to escape. But I guess the jury decided to listen to them because they did not convict. Um, an account by the famous by famous trials has a quote from a juror. He says the jury believed that the door was locked at the time of the fire, but we couldn't find them guilty unless we believed they knew the door was locked. So that was a huge thing of obviously the doors were locked, but did Max Blank and Isaac Harris know the doors were locked? And did they know that there wasn't any other way to get out? Don't ask me why they decided not to convict them because it seems pretty obvious to me that if there was a way to get out, 
the girls would have. And there were several people saying, no, they locked the doors on purpose so nobody can steal. So now Patricia Smith, who authored an article for a triangle, for a journal wrote on the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire uh, and the lessons learned, she writes, amid the national scandal that followed the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire and resounding calls for change, New York State enacted many of the first significant worker protection laws. The tragedy led to fire prevention legislation, factory inspection laws, and the International Ladies Garment Workers Union. So because so many people died in this fire and the jury decided not to convict, there were a lot of people that were very angry about all these people that had died and it led to a lot of laws being passed and, and safer labor conditions, um, everything like that. And the fact that the young immigrant women were employed and I mean, they're like the youngest person was 14 years old. That's really young, right? And so a lot of um, like even child labor law, stuff like that. Um, a memorial for the Triangle Fire was approved to be built in 2019 around um, this building. It's now the New York University Brown Building of Science. Um, it was said to, it was set to be completed the memorial was in march of 2020 but i don't think i couldn't find anything on it being completed i think probably covid put an end to that um but yeah basically there's gonna be like a a rim around the building um saying hey these are all the people that died and this is why this is so important uh to american history so again the building was rebuilt and refurbished and it's now a part of new york university and some people say it's haunted, like some students say it's haunted, especially the ninth floor, because that's where the most people died. Um, that was the top floor. And so it started on the sixth floor, I believe. And so by the time they were able to call up to the ninth floor, it was too late. Like they were trapped up there. Um, so yes, yeah, so some people say it's haunted. Believe what you will. If you want to believe in ghosts or not go ahead. Uh, I read something about an elevator mirror and how sometimes you can see the dead girls in their clothing and stuff. But again, believe it if you want to. I don't. But um, so yeah, that this entire fire was so important to American history because it was the knocking on America's door of, hey, you don't have safe conditions. This is this is not okay. You need to pass more laws. You need to put stuff in place so this doesn't happen. Um, and it worked. I mean, it's really sad that it took people that long to realize, oh, we do need sprinklers in buildings. We do need unlocked fire escapes. We do need to listen to no smoking policies. Um, so it is sad that it took that long and that so many people had to die for it, but it did work. Um, yeah, it served a purpose for sure.